back to She Rates Dogs. The podcast. I'm Michaela, And I'm Matt. And today we have Dr. Viviana Coles, one of the experts on Married at First Sight on our podcast. We had an incredible conversation with her about being a sex and marriage and family therapist and red flags. She had so much great insight and it was a really good conversation. So stay tuned for that. Um, I have something to say about my week this week. Okay, you just uh, got really serious. I know, but you guys, a man from my past has walked back in, and Michaela's very excited for me. No, she's not. Not gay, just kinky, texted me last night, and I think we are going back at it, did baby. Did he text you or did he Snapchat did he you a yeah. picture of his dick? He snapped me, and someone like texted me, they were like, <laughs> is he like gay now or is he just not kinky? And I was like, well, I, he Snapchatted me, so I'm assuming he's just not kinky still. Um, but yeah, he Snapchatted he me his dick. Did say, when we fucking? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm then, so sick of you. yeah. And then my mom also had a little conversation with me. Mm-hmm. She was like, "So, like, I listened to the podcast, and I knew that." And she was like, "I just wish you had higher standards, or any and, standards, or any standards." Right. And it really made me. It like opened my eyes because nobody in my life has Shut said this up. to me. <laughs> I say it to you every day. Matt is like, he has so much to offer. He's so handsome. He's so funny. He's so good at stuff and beautiful. And I already said handsome was okay, the first well, thing I said. I and you're like motioning at your body. Like I'm not, but yeah. And then he just, he just doesn't, he'll, he'll do anything. Um, (laughs) Mom, she's lying. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my biggest update for the week is I had a really amazing tarot card reading. Oh my gosh. You were so excited about this. No, I really loved it. And I would recommend anyone listening to get a tarot card reading because, oh my gosh, it was just like, you're letting, you're shedding all of these things that no longer serve you. And then there was like this stuff about how I need to work really hard on this project that I've got going on right now, Uh which I do have a really big project right now that, and she was like, it's going to really serve you well. And, and then she was like, you're in a, in a journey of finding self love, not love with a partner, but like loving yourself. And I was like, wow, (laughs) oh my God, amazing. I need to try one of those. Cause I feel like I would love it. Also tell them, tell them about your, um, your show you've been watching. The near-death experiences? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm super into this right now. There, There's this show I'm watching on Netflix called Surviving Death, and they talk about near-death experiences, which is, like, when people do die, but then they come back to life. Right. So, like, if they flatline for, like, 10 minutes or something. And it is so cool because they all have really similar experiences of, like, going through this tunnel of light, and then, like, they can't perceive time, and they have this oneness with the universe, and it's so comforting to watch. And then um, they'll talk about, like when they come back to earth they have this renewed perspective and like they just enjoy life so much more and I was like oh my god <laughs> I don't even fear death anymore so that's part of why I was like I also am into tarot card readings and yeah. stuff like that because it it made it sound like there really are people still around with us there's energy in your souls which is interesting because like scientifically your brain is technically dead or like not working or on at all when you're dead but it turns out like you do have a soul or something else that's intangible that's existing yeah and i don't know it's so cool it like makes me like less afraid of death i know and And i love that and that's like because i'm super into spirituality and stuff right now so like hearing that (laughs) like even when the brain is fully off people can like still exist they can still vibe i don't know yeah and i want to (laughs) vibe i always want to vibe do you want to vibe on some Tinder Bio Tuesdays? Let's vibe on some Tinder Bio Tuesdays. That was a really good transition. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> okay, so I've got Kevin. Might as well call me Thor. I came equipped with a hammer, and you'll see why. I'm the god of fertility and thunder. 
Looking for a suitable candidate for my nieces and nephews? You can either build with a busy man or babysit a broke one. Choice is yours. I didn't like this one. I know it's not the worst one, but I didn't like this one because you don't need to talk about having kids in your Tinder bio. That's something you do not need to do. Wait till like six months in or however long. You don't need to write in your Tinder bio. I like that he said he was Thor. I didn't like that he trashed Thor's name like that. Okay. You see where I'm coming from? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a negative seven out of ten. I'm going to give it a negative six. Okay. Okay. For once, can I meet a white fuel on a dating site and she not be overly pretentious? Why do so many white girls go on dating sites just to advertise their nudes on some other obscure site? Y'all are annoying and spoiled as F. Anyway, I'm a positive person and don't like negativity. I want to be the icing on someone's (laughs) cake. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know. I love the way he wrapped it up. He's like, fuck you. Fuck this. I can't find anyone who's decent. Anyway, I love positive shit. No negativity. <laughs> Let's focus on weed. Negative eight out of ten. I'm giving this a nine out of ten because he just seems like such a positive person. A, ni- a positive nine. <laughs> positive out of 10? nine. He just seems so okay. happy and positive. No, negative nine out of ten. Okay. This one is really funny. Um, Ian. Mm-hmm. I am genuinely a kind, gentle man that happens to have a ball of anger permanently lodged in his gut. Should probably get some help from a professional, but maybe I'll just push it down over and over until one day I snap and smother you with my pillow. If that's the kind of vibe you're looking for, I'm it. You age 12! (laughs) (laughs) Not that any of this matters. We both know you made up your mind after looking at my first pick, so swipe right or left. Honestly, I do not care. Murderer. Okay, first of all, that's not true. Men think that women are as visual as them, but we are literally actually reading Tinder bios. <laughs> so no, we yeah. didn't. We didn't make up our mind at your first pick. We are making up our mind reading your bio. Reading the bio where you said you would like, smother us with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> negative ten out of ten. Negative. I'm, I'm gonna really, go negative ten out of ten because you should not murder people. Um, I'm gonna do one more just because it's okay. really short. Okay. Hit me up if you want to party and take a 10-inch monster. I can send pictures to prove it first. If this sounds like something you'd want, stay safe. <laughs> I like it because he did say stay safe. It makes me feel like he cares about my well-being. Yeah, I, f- I can't tell if he means just in general or with him, <laughs> like with his 10-inch monster. Yeah. But um, I'm going to give it... Um, negative 2 out of 10. Negative 2. I'm going to give it a negative 4 because I hate when li- men lie about their penises. Dick size. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today we've got Dr. Viviana Coles with us. She's one of the experts on Married at First Sight, and she is also a marriage therapist, a sex therapist, um, just any family therapist, <laughs> anything you need to be a happy, healthy, functioning, committed relationship human. And we are so excited to have you. Um, Matt and I both watch the show, and if any of our listeners haven't seen it, it's it's actually a very healthy like dating show. Yeah. I mean, it's compared to every other dating show, you actually get experts who really help these people have successful marriages and I I think it's my favorite part is when the experts come in and they like help them through some sort of marital issue or some kind of block and I'm I just love watching the therapy process of it all um so we're very excited to talk to you yeah thanks for having me Michaela and yeah it's um it's such an interesting process because you know we try to not say the d word dating Mm -hmm. and we also try not to say the divorce word but um you know they they do these couples that we've matched 
are really tried throughout this whole process. Mm -hmm. You know, they go through eight weeks of being documented and being helped by us whenever they're willing to, to hear us out. And sometimes even when they're not willing, <laughs> uh, we're there. And, and at the end of those eight weeks, they have to decide if they want to get di a divorce or stay married. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's such an interesting show because before I ever watched it, I wasn't expecting it to be so like so healthy. I don't know. I feel like there's such a stigma around um, shows or like even the name Married at First Sight. I feel like people don't expect it to be such a healthy process, but um, it really is with the intention of making these healthy relationships. Well, um, I love it because you, you do, like you said, you go through that vetting process and you mm -hmm. kind of match people up with who you would think they would work out best with. And I mm -hmm. think that's such a like... Like we always hear of friends trying to set us up with each other, but I think this is a much healthier way to do that. <laughs> yeah, especially with the world we're in today where there's so many options out there. We're always distracted by all of these possibilities. Mm -hmm. And arranged marriages have worked for a very long time in so many different areas of the world. I yeah. feel like it's just such a nice option for those people who really just want marriage and it's hard with all of these distractions out there. Yeah, yeah we, we, we try to make it as healthy as possible. We try to make it as seamless as possible mm -hmm. but we know that we're not mind readers and we know that having taking yeah. a look at two different individuals you get a whole other animal when they're together and we're always hoping that they will have a really great start to their marriages and we hope that they last forever but as is always the case, um, we haven't had a 100% success rate in any one season yet. I really hope that we do. Um, but, you know, that's just the way that life is. We can try as much as we can, but it's probably going to be a challenge. How confident do you feel like going into the beginning of the season that like this is going to be the one where all five are going to match? I... I'm such a hopeless romantic and the other experts make fun of me every time because I'm always like, five for five. Yes, let's do it. And they're just like, you need to stop saying that because we think that you're jinxing you're us. You're jinxing or it, yeah. No, I, I can tell you I always feel I always feel so strongly mm -hmm. um, about the matches that we have. And I'm always so hopeful that even if we're like a little bit hesitant, you know, maybe mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a 99% match uh -huh. that they will be able to work through it. That's what we're always hoping for. Right. Um, and it's, you know, I, I want five for five every time, every time. Of course I want five for five. Um, and, and I'm like, I seriously, at the beginning of every season, I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to make this happen. And I know the other experts <laughs> feel the same way. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting there. We had three out of five last season. That was amazing. That was a record. Um, we And so we're just really hoping to continue doing better and better. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen, like, have you taken things from each season um, and kind of used them for the next season? Have you seen the, like, success rates kind of gradually increase across the seasons? Well, technically, yes, because, you know, the first season that I started was season nine and we had two out of our four couples. Mm -hmm. um, season 10, that ended up being one out of five. Oh. And then season 11 was three out of five. We'll just skip right on over that. Uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then um, <laughs> the following season was three out of five. And then this season we have yet to see, but we're really trying. We're really always hoping to learn. 
you know, we each have our own little things that we really want to focus on and dig in on. And we have our, mm-hmm. I guess we have our radars set to different settings and wavelengths. And, and I'm always the one who's kind of like, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't know. He's got this look. I don't know. There's this face, this look in his eyes. There's just, um, and then of course they each have their own as well, but there's just my arrogant, my arrogance meter goes Mm -hmm. off and and I don't like that. Like that is the biggest turnoff to me is when I see arrogant people. Me too. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Um, not only for the people that we're going to match them with, but for production. Like these are the nicest people. Um, the producers are so nice. And so I don't want to set them up with somebody that they're going to be like hitting up against a brick wall for the next 10 to 12 weeks and beyond. So, you know, we think about that in bigger terms. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. So there are some people who do turn out to be kind of crappy. <laughs> um, I would say like, it's weird because I feel like so many people do go on dating shows mm-hmm. for fame, but it's I feel like it'd be less for a marriage committal type thing. And the ones who are really doing that, they've got to be extra crappy. Yeah. Like, how do you think those people get through that vetting process? Um, I don't I think that in the past. So in past seasons, the people who in the end, you could see that they weren't putting the effort into the marriages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because they set out to do that. I think it's because they didn't like their partner and then just decided to give up. They didn't have that sense of like stick to itiveness. Mm-hmm. And they, instead of just being like, look, let me see what I can get out of this. Let's see what happens. Let me try everything that the experts are asking us to do. Let me just stay kind of in, in this and committed to at least the process. They kind of just are like, Jesus, take the wheel. They just, <laughs> it's like they just careen off. And, and, and I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, usually they're matched with somebody who's really nice and easy to get along with. So why not just be decent? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I, I can tell you that what I'm, I'm starting to see is that so far, the people in past seasons who didn't end up being the nicest people, it wasn't necessarily because they weren't nice people. It was because they didn't handle the process well. And they decided like, I'm going down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. (laughs) I was wondering if like watching those past seasons, if now you have any new red flags for future vetting seasons that you're like, okay, this kind of reminds me of that other guy. He acted a little bit too confident or he acted like he didn't have any issues. And now those are people you stay away from. And like, if those are any red flags that normal people could avoid perhaps. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing because as the show gets more and more popular, we're having more and more people who wouldn't mind being on TV. It mm-hmm. used to be that all of us would be like, if this person seems at all comfortable or even like remotely eager to be on a TV show, no, not interested. Mm-hmm. But now that the show's become so popular and it's got like this huge fan base, we can't cut people out who are fans of the show and we can't cut or else we would never have anybody who's viable. The other thing is it's a fine line between wanting to be on TV and being okay with TV. Mm -hmm. Like some people are okay with doing it because they're going to get something out of it. And then the other piece that we have to balance out is we can't have people who don't want to be on TV and won't be comfortable with the cameras because then that's hell on Mm -hmm. earth for everybody. 
it's really tough. I, I, I don't want to complain, but it's a tough job that we have for sure. No, I, I it's interesting you say that because one of my favorites, actually, I remember Amelia, they had a bit of an issue because she did kind of want to be on TV, but she was still super open to the process. Yeah. She still was really doing all the things you guys told her to, and they ended up having a really great relationship. So even if you do see someone who might kind of want to be on TV, that doesn't mean that the process can't work for them. So I get where that's coming from for sure. Yeah, well, and with Amelia in particular, she didn't divulge that she had, you know, tried this out because she wanted to be on reality yeah. TV until like a couple weeks before they were, and maybe even a week before they were supposed to make their decision on decision day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember being like, er, what, just happened? <laughs> "What did she just say?" So I mean, the truth is, they just don't know. Like, we don't know everything that's going on inside of their brains and going on mm-hmm. inside of their hearts. We try as much as we can to discern all of that, but it's, I mean, that's part of the art of, of this. I think it's so interesting because whenever I talk to my therapist, I'm always like, I wonder what she would think if she saw me like doing my day-to-day stuff. And you're in this interesting position where you do end up seeing these people that you've worked with, how they actually act like at home and, and all of those things. Is that like funny? Is it weird to you? Is it shocking? Um, I think we're not usually too thrown off by how they live because we do home visits. Uh, we're not usually too thrown off with how they are with family because we do get to talk to family members and get to know them that way. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that we don't know is what they're like when they're stressed or what they're mm-hmm. like when they're frustrated or angry because fortunately, um, I guess, and unfortunately for kind of the vetting yeah. process, when they're in the room with us, like, I mean, I may be a little bit combative sometimes just to kind of see how they deal with it, if they're like super rude or if they freak out. But most of the time, we're just having a good time trying to get to know each other. It's very much like speed dating, you know, where you're like, hey, let's, what do you think mm-hmm. about this? What do you, and I will ask questions. Hey, what do you like when, when you get frustrated? Do you shut down? Do you need some time? Do you need to talk about it right away? But we don't ever really know what it's going to look like when they have this other person. And the other person who knows what they're going to bring out of them. So a lot of it is just like, let's see what's going to happen, but let's hope and plan for the best. Mm -hmm. And so everyone comes to relationships with baggage. And when you're matching people, do you find that to be like an important thing that they're aware of? Is it important for someone to kind of be aware of their past traumas and their triggers to actually be able to have a successful marriage? Or is that something that can be worked out while serious already. Mm-hmm. So it is something that if it comes up in their psychological evaluations that they have, they have um, mm. a couple rounds of that. If something comes up and they're honest about it and they bring it up, then that's something that went, then the three of us, we might take turns because not everybody wants to ask them about their trauma all at the same time, right? But we might take turns that kind of diving into that a little bit deeper with them just to make sure that it isn't something that is like right in front of them. They don't have like this huge trunk on their laps because of course that's not going to be the best foundation to build a relationship on. But, you know, we're starting to look at older people. We're starting to, to have applicants who are 45, 46 Mm -hmm. and we can't assume that they're not going to have any sort of baggage or any sort of just, things that they're bringing into these relationships and even the younger people, you know, 
dating is hard and hearts are broken all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just think we're conscious of that, but you can kind of tell usually. um, And, and I, I think we do a pretty good job of telling, like, if somebody is really still completely overwhelmed by a previous breakup. Yeah. um, Now, sometimes people think that they're over their partners, their exes, and they're not, but they do a really good job of making it seem like they are. And that's all we can go by. Cause again, we don't have lie detectors. I mean, they do, they do consent to lie detector tests, um, <laughs> but we don't, we're not. Oh, wow. I didn't know that actually. <laughs> yeah. They consent to that. We're not mind readers though. And we do rely on the outside psychologist to come up, you know, and they were so fortunate. They do share any mm-hmm. concerns and we're able to kind of go through that. And sometimes they'll just flat out say, mm-hmm. you know, that person that you really, really liked, they're not going to do well with this. They, they've got too much of X, Y, or Z. And, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing your job so we can do a better job at ours. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather be with someone who's aware of their baggage and has processed it than someone who like doesn't think they don't have any because I don't think anyone. Everybody has a little bit of baggage. baggage. Yeah. Um, But with that, you guys do a lot of really cool exercises with all of the couples um, ranging from sex and intimacy to kind of getting to know each other. Do you have a personal favorite exercise that um, you do with these couples to kind of get to know each other? Yeah, one of the ones from the show that I really like is when they write a letter to their childhood self. Um, It's usually like a teenage year where they get to really kind of say like, this is who you are now. Back then you were worried about this, this and that. Just know it's going to be okay or stop doing that or focus more on that. Or you remember that thought that you kept shoving away, really, you know, fixate on that a little bit more. But I love that return to childhood sort of Mm. um, letter that they write. And I think it's very telling for their new spouses. I love that exercise because they write these really beautiful letters and then they read them out loud to each other. And it really feels like they get so much deeper with each other, kind of hearing where they come from. Um, They also like visit each other's childhood homes, I think, when that's Mm -hmm. a possibility, which all of those things are so nice. And I I find myself taking notes sometimes watching the show and I'm like, I need to do that if I'm getting to know somebody (laughs) because that's such a good idea. Do you think this is something that people who are like currently dating would benefit from right now? I think it depends on how deep you're wanting to get with this person, because that is a really vulnerable exercise. Mm -hmm. It it does kind of expose a lot. I wouldn't say it's something for just kind of casual dating, but certainly if you're hoping to get engaged, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if you're already married, I think it could be helpful too. But hopefully these are things that would benefit a couple that has already kind of been together a little bit. Um, our exercises are for getting to know you, but we ask them to kind of go way further than that. You know, that first night after their wedding ceremonies and after the the receptions, they talk like all night. Everybody says that they might, some of them have sex. Yes. But a lot of them just want to talk all night Yeah. or they wake up and their, you know, breakfast is all about talking. And the truth is we expect them to communicate nonstop for eight weeks because we want them to have all the information they need so that they can make a really educated decision on decision day. And a lot of that feels forced because we know that they have to make this huge decision. And on top of that, right. we don't want anyone just kind of skating by and feeling like on decision day, 
we don't want anyone to ever say, I feel like I don't even know you. Like that would be terrible mm -hmm. if they go through this process and they don't even feel like they know their partner. Um, but it is a lot. It, we do expect a lot of them. And hopefully that's part of the commitment to their future marriage. Mm -hmm. It seems like you kind of already said this, but it sounds like you get really invested in this process and these couples. And I know that I'll see you sometimes getting emotional in, in good and bad ways sometimes on behalf. And I feel like I understand that that might feel like it's kind of a pressure, um, a high pressure situation setting up people for marriage, but it's really, really beautiful when um, they find something special. And, and I, I just really like it. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to the, I know we've moved past it a little bit, but I, I'm really interested in this. When you are doing the vetting process, what are some big things that you look at when you're matching people with each other? So uh, we do always want to make sure that we're setting them up as closely as possible to what we think could make for a long lasting marriage. And I know that that sounds so hokey, mm -hmm. but it, you know, it comes down to things like what they tend to do all day and what their families believe about marriage and their political stances that can be a big deal, yeah. but there are times where just like with religion, we want to try to align those things as closely as possible but we all know people or have been people where those things change once you're as a couple, mm -hmm. you know, once you're, once you're a couple, you can start to see things a little bit differently. Maybe it's a little bit open-minded. Maybe you both veer off to a different way. So we try to do that. One thing that we don't mess around with is whether or not somebody wants kids. I know that there was lots of rumors about last season with Brett and Olivia and mm -hmm. why on earth would they have two people where one person wants kids and one person doesn't? Well, she said it a million times, but I don't think anybody wanted to hear it. She never said she didn't want kids. She just didn't know when, and she wanted to make sure it was with the right person. That's the truth probably for any person who's going to have kids. They want to make sure it's with the right person. So I think that was one of those cases where somebody, honestly, I think he didn't want to be convinced otherwise either. So that was something that kind of blew, blew up. But we don't mess around with that. That's like a complete and total deal breaker. And we don't do that to people. So, um, yeah, but we also, I mean, a lot of it is also just kind of like socioeconomic status. Right. We want to make sure that that could be compatible. Uh, we want them to be able to fold into each other's lives as seamlessly as possible. Now, there are times where we will fight for a couple that maybe they align on like four out of five of the biggest things. But that one thing, it's like, oh, could this, could they work this out? Could they, I mean, could it be a problem? And that's when having more than just one person making this, the decision uh, is, so, is so good because then it's not just on one person. <laughs> I know you mentioned religion and I was going to mention, I think this season it's Clara and Ryan who kind of had, I think they have a, two different religions if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so I was going to ask you about that, but maybe that's one of those things where you found that despite their differences in religion, they did have a lot in common. So you were willing to like ignore that part of it. So it's not so much that we would ever ignore it. What happened with Clara and Ryan so far is that, he comes from a very religious family. She came from a religious, mm -hmm. a, a very religious upbringing, very similar religious upbringings. And as she got older, like when she went, she even went to Bible college. Like right. at, once she got out of college, she was like, you know what? 
this is too much for me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live a life that is restricted or regimented according to my religion. She respects religion, wants it to be a part of her life, but she's not willing to do like three masses a week. Yeah. Um, And his parents are pastors. And but but he also isn't somebody who's going to mass three times a week. So Mm -hmm. that was one of those things where they do have very similar upbringings. They do have very similar ideas of of religion. That was something that we felt very strongly that Clara and Ryan would be able to figure out some sort of, you know, almost style of religion that would work for the two of them. For both of them. Yeah, I think what I like is that the couples often complement each other in those ways where they're very different, but it's not necessarily what they usually go for, and it's more of what they need to kind of become a more well-rounded version of themselves. Um, so I really like that. And obviously, right. if religion was extremely important to someone, then that wouldn't be something that you compromise on. Or if um, politics was extremely important, that wouldn't be. But people don't, you know, if they don't care about that so much, they can be different yeah. in those ways. So I am a gay man. And I was just wondering, I know a lot of reality shows and dating shows don't really feature the LGBTQ plus community. I was wondering if you knew anything about if you guys would start featuring those or if you were looking into featuring couples like that? I know that the three of us would love to work with some couples that are LGBTQIA, all of that. Um, We would love to have that be a part of it. A lot of it is that this is a process that has been, obviously, like you said, like y'all know, we're filming our 13th season. Mm -hmm. There is a sense of like, okay, this is working. And mm-hmm. um, we are trying to introduce different types of people, different types of couples. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when it will happen, uh, especially with Married at First Sight. I'm not sure when it will happen because a lot of it is also just the the semantics like and the logistics of having, mm-hmm. of having people who are of the same gender or sex and, yeah. and having mm-hmm. them kind of go through this process. I can't, I mean, I would imagine where there's a will, there's a way at some point mm-hmm. we might be able to figure that out. The other thing is that it's really not up to us. I wish we, I wish we had that right. power to be like, this is what we want. We want this older couple and we want this couple and we want that. Um, we want all sorts of love depicted on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we think that that's really exciting and it's um, unique and it's really like it adds flavor and it's progressive, mm-hmm. but we don't, we can only control so much. Yeah. And usually yeah. that's just what comes out of our mouth that we can control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There might be more representation in other shows that, will be coming out soon so oh my gosh (laughs) yeah I could see like totally a bunch of different spinoffs of the show or I understand I feel like if there were couples like that you might need maybe a different expert who specializes in that kind of um relationship just because there's other dynamics that go Mm -hmm. into being a same-sex couple or um different kinds of relationships maybe an older couple yeah I don't I don't know that it would necessarily require that just because I work with same-sex couples all the time and mm-hmm. but it couldn't hurt right I mean that couldn't hurt <laughs> yeah but, but for sure um, I think all of us have had lots of experience so it could be okay yeah that'd be so fun we're here for you <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so we are going to get into a game. It's called Red Flag or Self-Sabotage. And this is where our listeners send in something that their partner or a friend has done and they're not sure if it's a red flag or if they're just stressing themselves out and self-sabotaging because of their own fears. <laughs> So we're going to play it with you okay, um, to start out someone. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this one is his friends aren't very great, not very welcoming and not that trustworthy, just not very good people. Here's what I would say on this one. Mm-hmm. I think who you hang out with is a large reflection on who you are as a person. So mm-hmm. if your friends aren't great people, then mm-hmm. I don't see you being a great person. I could see that too. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes with guys though, they do like meet a few people when they're young and then stay with those stay, people yeah. for the rest of their lives. So uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes I don't know, but I would, I would be wary of it because if they're not, if they don't have a problem with behavior that really bothers you, that mm-hmm. might be a deep seated issue. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and say, if I have to pick one or the other, that's, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> red flag. There are always exceptions to the rule. And as long as your partner understands what it is about them that you're not okay with and what behaviors aren't acceptable and they have proven to you that they're not in alignment with their friends Mm -hmm. on those things, Mm -hmm. then you could probably deal with it. But otherwise, it's a red flag and just keep your eyes open. All right. So mine says uh, someone sent in and said someone said they loved me after a month. I don't see this as a red flag because I, I fall very quickly, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're like feeling it, it's okay to be honest about your feelings, yeah. even, if it is, if, even if it does seem soon. I'd say there's a difference between love bombing, which we've talked about before, and just um, someone who just really, really is into you yeah. right from the get-go. If that's the only thing that you're seeing as being scary, you're probably just freaking yourself out. Yeah. The caveat would be, does it make sense? Like in any world, does it make sense that this person could love you? Because if it doesn't make sense, then yeah, that's a red flag. If if you've barely spoken, you hardly know anything about each other and they say that, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. if it makes sense that you could have love in the air, then that's definitely that's not a red flag. Mm-hmm. That's self-sabotage. Absolutely. All right, this one is interesting to me. He would not talk about his ex at all like she was Voldemort. Just fully avoided any conversation about his ex. (laughs) I think it's a red flag a little bit. Um, It seems like he's not fully healed from that. Mm -hmm. If you're unable to talk about an ex, I wouldn't say it's a red flag in the sense of like he's a bad person. But I think that that might be a conversation that needs to be had in some way, um, some some trust. And I'm also on the page where it's a red flag. I think there's a line between talking about your ex too much and mm-hmm. then like it's weird to not talk about them at all. I think I think you should talk about the issues you had with them so you don't so your partner knows mm-hmm. that um, you don't like enjoy those stuff, those things. Um, but that's my stance on that red flag. OK, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because It could be a red flag unless the person who's withholding information is not sharing it because maybe their previous partner took any information about their ex and ran with it. I I see a lot of celebrity clients and whenever we're talking about exes, there have been times where they'll drop a name and then all of a sudden there's kind of like this sense of, oh, And then they start thinking about insecurities and, well, what was it like with this person? And, you know, there's just kind of a lot of, Mm -hmm. oh, great. Well, if this person was, 
you know, what were they like in bed and what were, I mean, there's just a whole lot that can happen when somebody does know about somebody's ex, but he should, or she should just be able to say, I don't like talking about my ex because I feel like then it will cause insecurities. And that kind of makes sense. But if they're just like, no, I don't want to talk about it, then, then that's weird. That would be really weird if, if the person's yeah. like, no, that is like, don't go in that room. Don't open that door. Of course, you're going to be like, I'm going in that room. I want to see what's going on. I think that that's such a good point because so often like the craziest reactions are usually just a trigger response to yeah. a past relationship or something that was an issue in the past. And I think that that's quite a good key to healthy relationships is taking a moment when either your partner or you does something that seems like such an overreaction to be like, wait a minute, like, what is the thing that we need to sort out with this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm really interested actually to hear your opinion on this next one. So it says, is it a red flag if he says he doesn't want to do rings or titles? So we've been kind of talking about guys who won't put a title on things the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I think for me, rings is fine. I, I don't think it's a red flag to not want to do rings, um, but I think it's weird and kind of a red flag if they're so um, opposed to putting a title on it, even if you do the th typical things that like a boyfriend and girlfriend or a husband and wife would do. Mm hmm. Okay, I actually think that that's not a red flag because there are so many people who who feel like maybe they've been surrounded by representation of marriage or of committed relationships that don't go well. So maybe mm -hmm. there are some people out there who have never known of a marriage that is healthy. And so if they, they don't want to join that club because they feel mm -hmm. like that's inevitability uh, the inevitability is that they're going to end up divorced or they're going to end up hating each other or they're going to end up taking each other for all the money or cheating or whatever. So it's not so much a red flag to me, but I do, I do kind of love it when people say, I'm not willing to join a club just because that's what everybody else wants to do. I think we should have our own relationship and it can look however we want mm -hmm. and we get to define the boundaries and the parameters of it. And, you know, marriage does have connotations to it. And I'm constantly trying to ex help my clients understand that it doesn't have to look like anybody else's marriage. And just because you join this club doesn't mean you have all the same rules. That's such a good point. Yeah, we I, I didn't I think about that. it like that. I, I just my mind just immediately goes to I don't know. The well, there's worst. different versions of that. Yeah. I feel like there's some like college relationships where the guy really just he would have a girlfriend if it wasn't you. But yeah. he's like, you know, but that's different than like people who have strong feelings mm -hmm. about the uh, the clubs. <laughs> so and then another point that comes up quite a bit, especially with my clients who have open relationships, mm -hmm. they don't want to wear rings. They don't want to say we're husband and wife or whatever, because they also don't want to feel like the only reason they're with their partner is because they signed on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. They are making a conscious choice to be committed, to be loyal, to want to be with this person. It's not because of any other reason. I think that's kind of romantic. Not a lot of people think that way. So it can become a problem when you meet someone new and they're like, wait, what? You don't believe in marriage. But I think, I mean, for some people, it really works kind of like takes the pressure off a little bit, I guess. 
I like that. All right. That's, <laughs> I like that too. I, that's an interesting way of looking at yeah. it. Um, we appreciate you so much for coming on this week. Um, we love the show. We're so excited to see what happens with it. And um, you've been so wonderful to talk to. Thank you. And you know what? I know that a lot of people are up in arms about what's going on in the season. And I completely understand where it's coming from. I would just love for everyone to just continue to not to be supportive of the health of these couples. Right. And even when they're not doing well, I'm a huge proponent for not like two wrongs don't make a right. And I think that really trying to harm people and being verbally abusive online and being bullies and really trying to erode these people, they're real people. I just feel like that is always something that you want to stay away from. I know that a lot of people think that um, I'm I'm being nonchalant about what's happening, but the truth is I've been through it. So I've processed it. And my only, my only hope is that people won't make things worse for the people who went through it. I don't think they need to go through any worse than what's happened. And, and I'm always going to be protective of our participants because we appreciate their honesty and being so open through these processes, even when they mess up, Mm -hmm. I I still appreciate that they're doing it in front of the entire world. Like that is, that takes a lot of guts. And while believe me, I am not okay with everything that's happening. um, I just know that trying to abuse somebody because of it isn't going to help. So just a reminder, as we go through, learn from this, learn what not to do, learn what to do, but um, definitely coming after these people in such vicious ways is probably never going to get you what you want. And it certainly isn't going to make you feel any better. So just a reminder. (laughs) Well, Dr. Viviana Coles, we're very grateful that we could get you on uh, this episode. We, we really appreciate it. And loving the season. So excited to see what turns out. Um, Keep your 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 negative opinions to yourself mm-hmm. out there. These people are coming literally like going from zero to one hundred yeah. with this internet stuff, and it's never good. You're also like you don't have a degree in mental health, so don't go comment people's like psychological things on their <laughs> Instagram pages. You don't need to do that. It makes nothing better. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, Really enjoyed this episode. Dr. Viviana Coles is on Instagram. If you want to follow her, it's just Dr. Viviana, D-O-C-T-O-R, then Viviana. You can email us at sheratesdogspod at gmail.com. If you want to go to our Instagram or Twitter, it's sheratesdogspod. Our personal handles are in the bio. Um, If you're mad or love us, you can call us at 929-274-3261. Okay. bye. Bye.